that's for Belfort and the Tijuana Brass. I'm Meg Rowley, and on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, I welcome to the program Fangraphs writer Jay Jaffe. Jay and I discuss his impressions of the recently concluded MLB draft as a non-obsessive prospect observer, the trends and narratives that have most surprised and delighted him in the young season, and also the free agent situations of Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel. Please note that this podcast was recorded prior to Kimbrell signing with the Cubs, but we think the discussion around him is still interesting, and we hope you enjoy it. All of that is coming up, but first it is my obligation to tell you that Fangraphs memberships are now available at Fangraphs.com. For the monthly costs of much less than a Craig Kimbrell, you can support all the great work at Fangraphs, including the fine analysis of the aforementioned Jay Jaffe, Eric Longenagin and Kylie McDaniel's coverage of the MLB draft, and Rachel McDaniel's fine work as the new managing editor of the Hardball Times. You may also, for a slightly greater sum, purchase an ad-free membership and enjoy Fangraphs without banner ads facilitating faster loading times. Also, if you are a Fangraphs member, you can reserve a ticket for the Fangraphs All-Star Weekend event in Cleveland, which will take place on July 6th and feature appetizers, mingling, drinks, and a panel of several of your favorite Fangraphs authors. We might even get a few of our friends from the game to stop by. Non-members can purchase tickets for $15. You can find that all on Fangraphs.com. That bit of business being complete, I take you to my conversation with Jay Jaffe, writer for Fangraphs, which begins right now. now hey jay welcome back to fangrass audio hey thanks good to be back it's been it's been a little minute since you've been on the show and you know you've written a lot of good stuff at the site lately and i was like hey people want to hear from jay (laughs) haven't heard from jay in a little while let's make sure he's on the show (laughs) yeah it's been a while (laughs) it's been a while well here you are i thought uh if you are amenable that we could discuss a couple of topics. I will lay out some of them here. This does not have to be an exhaustive list. Uh, but we are in we are in the midst of the MLB draft. We are on the final day of the draft, although we are not yet done with it. We are in round 29. <laughs> Jesus. You forget how many rounds there are on the final day. You forget, and then you're like, wow, we're, we're just in round 29 here. And so I thought we could talk about the the draft a little bit. Uh, the draft happening had some implications for uh, Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel, so I thought we could talk about those two uh, crazy kids for a little bit, uh, and then just some uh, general trend stuff. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. Cool. So, Jay... Would you would you say that my characterization of you is accurate when I say that you are you are not a prospect obsessive? That is that is not yeah, who you are. Yeah, that's that's definitely true, but you know, when I do when I do write about prospects, I love having uh information at my fingertips. I love being able to look at like what what Kylie and Eric do and just how uh how comprehensive they are, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh present and future tool grades and stuff like that and compare and contrast them to what uh uh, you know what MLB Pipeline or Baseball America or uh, Prospectus or uh, Keith Law have to say about it. So I like, you know, I like being able to incorporate that and knowing that I know nothing and, uh, uh, you know, but know where to look to find that information. Yeah, they, uh, Eric and Kylie do a very good job of making us all look a lot smarter when it comes to prospects. They have done a good job with their draft coverage, but I'm curious for people who, I would not classify myself as a prospect obsessive either, although it has become something of an occupational necessity in the last uh, little bit here. But I'm always curious for people who engage with prospects maybe more once they get to the high minors and are close to being major league contributors. Like, what is your... What is your experience of the draft, Jay? Do you watch the draft? I don't really watch. I mean, you know, I I had I we had it on here because uh, uh, Emma, sure. uh, Emma Span, my wife, managing editor of the uh, Athletics uh, MLB uh, National uh, Vertical, had it on because she had she needed to do, to be uh, attuned to what was going on for work purposes. But sure. I wasn't really, you know, paying very close attention at the time. I was mostly playing with my daughter actually while while, while it was going on. But uh, you know, for me, draft stuff, it's you know, I I'll know a few names and I'll I'll be kind of interested. Uh, this is actually interesting. Two years ago, when I was my last year at SI, my editor charged me with uh, doing a mock draft because uh, the freelance budget had been cut to the bone and they couldn't afford an actual expert. So basically, <laughs> said here, uh, take an extra day uh, and come up with a mock draft. Sure. Uh, you know, one, and I, so one I day is at, enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I looked at you know half a dozen mock drafts and kind of formed a composite for the first 10 picks and then 
two weeks later followed followed up on that with a, with a more with you know with the full first round and it was fun and educational i learned some stuff and and have followed some of those guys but i don't know anything nearly that much about this year's guys mostly what what catches my attention uh is the legacies mm-hmm. i was just actually uh messaging with my friends about the fact that uh so far we've seen and i, I don't know if this list is comprehensive but the sons of al leiter glenn allen hill miguel cairo bobby witt walt weiss and your victorialba drafted we have yet to see trevor hoffman's kid uh, drafted or Jose Cruz Jr.'s kid drafted, but man, that last one makes me feel old uh, because I remember Jose Cruz, the original model, uh, great, sure. uh, very underrated outfielder for the Astros and and later the Yankees uh, in the seventies and eighties, and you know, remember his son coming and going uh, fairly quickly, but uh, he had a you know a short but impactful career, and now. To think that there's a third one on the way is just mind-boggling. And uh, Bobby Witt, I remember. I think when I when I did Jaws at Baseball Prospectus, I think at the time he was eligible for the Hall of Fame ballot, he might have had the lowest score of anybody I'd done to that point. Uh, <laughs> but you know, nonetheless, I, you know, I think uh, time has has actually improved his his standing, you know, in that regard somewhat. But uh, I still got to be excited for him and 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 for his son. And you know, I think it's just. It, on the one level, I struggle with this because on the one level, yes, it's it's fun to watch these kids begin their their professional careers. On the other level, you know, there's a part of my brain that that says, oh, you know, the the MLB draft is broken. You know, the competitive system. Yeah. You know, the way the way that uh, you know these kids, uh, you know, don't ha- don't have the right to choose their you know choose their place of employment. You know, all those all those critiques are are there in the back of my mind. And and while I want to enjoy it. Without reservation, you know that that the business side and my understanding of, you know, employees' rights uh, uh, tends to intrude on it. Yeah, it does make it it does make it challenging to fully. I mean, the first round you're a little less. I think it's easier to disengage that part of your brain, yeah, right? I would because because those agree. kids are getting multi million dollar bonuses, so you have sort of a sense that like they're generally okay, and you know. Like Bobby Wood Jr. is probably doing all right, just right. As, you know, as it's, a human yeah, being, right? Yeah, I mean, you still think of the horror stories, though, like 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 the Brady, the Brady Aiken situation sure. from a few years ago, and I I actually pulled up his player page a couple of days ago, and it was like, oh my god, this kid is so lost. Um, you know what might have happened if if. Uh, uh, you know, if that had unfolded just a little bit differently, but uh, right, uh, yeah, you know, happy for those for for those kids, you know, and and sort of, you know, but then the 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 power plays of you know overdrafting somebody or 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 you know trying to get them to agree to below slot deals and all the you know all the 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 slimier side of things and yeah. you know that 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 intrudes on on it and it's just it's tough to it's tough to completely enjoy it but i think the same is true for just about every aspect of baseball you know when you have a the perspective that we do you know knowing knowing the business and knowing you know the, the, that side of things and you know that that uh, we are right now amid uh what seems to be a uh know time of very serious dysfunction within the game and 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 trying to you know be critical of that while at the same time you know figuring out a way to enjoy this because this is after all a a a very nice job to have covering baseball year-round and yeah you know you don't want to uh be miserable about it every day right yeah it's been it's a it's a challenge it's a challenge it's been i think you know it gets easier to to like baseball when there is baseball happening Right, so it's easier right. during the season than yeah, um, as opposed to you know yeah, so as opposed to rolling our eyes at you know another free agent getting squeezed or whatever. Well, that might be a good transition to talk about. <laughs> you, have you heard? Have you heard about this Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel situation? Oh I, my God, I I've do ri- declare. I've written about them so many times. <laughs> I, I will say before we we conclude the, the brief draft conversation, I think just as a, an interesting note, so so Jack Leiter, who is thought to be one of the harder signs in this uh, draft class, because sounds like his bonus demands are quite high, and also he has a very small list of teams that he's even willing to to sign with was taken by the Yankees in the 20th round, which makes it seem quite likely that he's going to go to school in the fall, which I think we kind of all thought was going to be true. But it will be interesting to see. I imagine his name will be uh, one that we we keep track of next year. Just yeah. to close out the legacy combo. So so uh, so now now that we're you know dealing with this draft, uh, there is no longer draft pick compensation to contend with for a team that signs Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel. So, so what do you think? What, what do you think is going to happen, Jay? <laughs> well, you know, um, I I think we're seeing I think we're seeing some of the lies laid bare 
Um, yeah. You know, in ter- like reading, for example, that uh, uh, the Braves are not are, are you know are, do not appear to be uh, uh, contenders for Craig Kimbrell when they very clearly have a need uh, given their bullpen, and it's an obvious fit given given Kimbrell's roots. And uh, uh, you know, as as I tweeted in response to to, to that news, uh, uh, Liberty Media Corporation profits fly forever. Um, you know, why why upgrade your team when you can just improve your bottom line? And it's just it's just you know it, it, that kind of nauseates me uh you know i don't have any particular root you know rooting interest or sympathy for the braves but i i think their fans you know deserve to have a better bullpen than than you know and, and deserve to have a you know a, a uh an ownership that invests in the team and you know when i see the money that they saved on the acuna and and albie's contracts i i don't see how you can't rationalize you know maybe overextending a little bit to to bring back uh uh, an obvious, you know, fill an obvious need and bring back a very popular player who I think would significantly improve your team's chances of uh, of winning. Yeah, it does. It does make you wonder what all what all they expect to be able to say that money was for, right? Because yeah. uh, they've they've talked a lot about their financial flexibility as a virtue, although financial flexibility that isn't deployed seems kind of pointless. And their two, you know, best position players long-term are already locked into to very friendly deals. Too friendly, candidly. We were all yeah. we were all very uncomfortable with those contracts. So, yeah, it does seem a bit odd. The other one that kind of struck me as funny was that Ken Rosenthal reported, and this is not in any way meant to be a knock on Ken, but he said that the Cubs are pushing hard for Kimbrel. Sources tell The Athletic. And you read that, and your first thought is, I bet they could have pushed harder for now. <laughs> right, right, right. How well, hard you know, could I think they that, be pushing? <laughs> yeah, the... You know, I think actually the the Cubs when you when you when you think about the the draft compensation issue and the fact that you know they've they were heavy in the market last year with Darvish and 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 sure. Chatwood and it didn't all pan out and yeah. I could understand them being a little bit gun shy by comparison and maybe wanting to you know wanting to hold on to that draft pick. So, but they do make sense as a, as a suitor and you know the I guess the the prorated discount of what they're going to get and the fact that you know they've given themselves. Uh, uh, time to see whether you know whether their current cast comes together. At least that at least that one makes more sense than than the uh, uh, than the Braves you know comparative non interest. Yeah, here here is a list from today. This, we are recording this on Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Ooh, I am aware of the days. I'm not tired at all. Everything's <laughs> totally fine. On top of it. <laughs> Everything's doing. I'm doing great. We're all going on vacation soon. So, in terms of the worst bullpens in baseball by WAR, and I'm just going to highlight the the actual contenders here because the the answer is the Orioles, but they're not going to sign right. Craig Kimbrell. So we can let we can let that one go. Neither are the Marlins, who are the second worst, but the Braves, as you note, um, actually are tied with the Marlins for negative eight wins uh, mm. and a four nine three FIP out of their bullpen. That seems pretty bad. The Tigers are bad. The Mariners are bad. We knew that. The Nationals, uh, we could return to, but I think we generate, or excuse me, the Pirates. What what would have happened? How could this Nationals season have unfolded differently? What if they'd actually signed Craig Kimbrell instead of Trevor Rosenthal? Right. I mean, both of those guys. I mean, you know. Yeah. It is a it is a sort of shocking thing. I I should say I was about to say that we can return to the Pirates who are in the same spot as the Nationals, although we had lower expectations in terms of their competitiveness. But yeah, the Nationals uh, are a very good team. They have very good starting pitching and uh, reasonable offense, and just like a really atrocious bullpen. In fact, as we're recording, you know the, the they were having to sort of knuckle their way through uh, the ninth inning against the White Sox. They have won their game, but they were they were. They had runners on in the ninth. Everyone except for Sean Doolittle has been terrible. The Phillies uh, bullpen is not particularly sterling. Four yeah, seven they, seven they, they they spent they spent though. I mean, just they did. David David Robertson got hurt. And Correct. That hasn't, that hasn't worked out so well for them. But you know, I I think that uh, you know in in terms of you know they're at least. They they at least put in you know put in some kind of good faith effort to to you know to improve that bullpen yes. but uh, uh, so it's tougher to to imagine them you know spending more on top of that uh, in this way but who knows plus they have as you noted in a piece for Fangraphs dot com today they have other emerging needs on their roster yeah. they're going to have to do something about their outfield situation uh, in all likelihood. 
uh, with Andrew McCutcheon sadly being out for the rest of the year. What a bummer of an injury. We don't have to dwell on that because that's news yeah. that is both sad and in the past by the time folks it listen to this. It was such a weird but... fluke play, too. Yeah. I mean, it was just that was the thing that struck me most. I mean, like, you know, McCutcheon has has really, I think, kind of rebounded from from that down season a few years ago when he was like suddenly, you know, he's not a great ball player anymore. He's only a very good ball player. But like he was in the midst of his third, you know, 120 something, you know, WRC plus and, you know, uh, above, well above average season. And, and you know, on a, a, a fluke play that could have been, you know, should have been a pop out if, if uh, right. Gene Secura hadn't fallen down. You know, he gets caught in a, uh, you know, a heads up play by Ian Kinsler and a rundown and just, uh, uh just getting old sucks. And, and, yeah. And what a fluke, what a terrible fluke play and, and lousy way to end a season. Yeah. That's a real bummer. So all of that to say that the Phillies will probably, will maybe spend, uh, resources in other parts of their roster. And as you noted, did, did endeavor to get better this offseason. The Rangers are not going anywhere. The Cardinals bullpen has not been especially good. They're sort of on the edge of contention. Um, I thought that team was going to be better than they've been. I guess they're only three games out of the central right now, but yeah, I they seem to, be I better. think, I think if they're going to make a move, it should be for Keuchel. Yeah. Got, that rotation should be a lot better. And, and, and yeah. I think if you're going to spend money, probably spending on 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 the starter is the way to go yeah uh the blue jays will not do anything because why would they right now the mets man what a weird (laughs) we say this every year those mets i'm sad that edwin diaz is not as good as he was that's not great they brought in familia sort of a cheaper option that hasn't always worked out for them this year and then uh as you as we've discussed the cubs right there those Cubs have a four-four-one FIP out of the bullpen. Mm. Mm. Seems not good. And then we have the Royals and the White Sox who won't do anything. Although that White Sox team surprisingly, uh, surprisingly competitive. That White Sox team. Yeah, can... I think it helps that the that the rest of the uh, AL Central is collapsing, mostly in the form of the uh, the Indians. Uh, yeah, Cleveland uh, teams paying, just paying the co- paying the cost of of of, of their own uh, uh, inactivity this winter. Yeah, uh, and then and then we arrive at the Dodgers. Who you wrote about this week, Van Graphs. Yeah. I feel like we we see this article uh once a year about the Dodgers twice, bullpen. I think it's I think it's twice a year. I think it's once once during the regular season and once in the playoffs. Um maybe, maybe this might have been the fifth time I've written about uh the Dodgers bullpen in in, in what, eighteen no, less than eighteen months on staff. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a constant source of obsession, I guess, for me because I watch you know, so much, so many Dodger games and, 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 uh, um, you know, there's, there's a lot, obviously a lot of positives with what's going on with the team. I mean, the rotation has been, you know, largely excellent. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, Hyunjin Ryu, uh, emerge as a Cy Young candidate and, yeah. and with this like just remarkable streak here. And, uh, the offense is the best in the league. And I'm actually working on something on Corey Seager, uh, coming around, but uh, that bullpen is just, it's a mess. And it was really that week, that, that week long stretch there that I highlighted. Starting with a Sunday game against the Pirates, and then through four games with the Mets that that required two long saves from Kenley Jansen, and yeah, uh, uh, it was like every day for the for a week there was an adventure. The Dodgers went six and one during that stretch, but man, there are easier ways to go six and one than than how they were doing it, and 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 it was really only Jansen and Pedro Baez that emerged unscathed. So you know the rest the rest of the cast that appeared that week had a ten something ERA and eight something FIP, and you just. That's not going to get it done, obviously. So they need they need more reliable arms, and I don't think they're going to shell out for Kimbrel. But no. uh, they've got to come up with some solutions. And the fact that they spent uh, ill advised money on Joe Kelly, I think, is just uh, you know damning in its own way. But it also shows just how hard it is to build a bullpen, not just with right. you know with regards to Kelly, but you know they made some good sleeper acquisitions like Dylan Floro and 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 Tony Singrani and Scott Alexander that haven't entirely blown up in their faces and yet still here they are even when they're betting on the homegrown talent and the and an enviable surplus of 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 starters it's just you know going pear-shaped yeah it is i think a good reminder that it is um probably the most shot in the dark part of a roster to construct at any given time i mean i'm sure that the mets envisioned that their bullpen situation would be quite different this year than it's been especially after the year that diaz had last year and then it's just been sort of meh sort of meh. he you know uh yeah. is responsible for one of those weird dodger wins yeah um 
So yeah. that that's just been kind of an odd an odd one. And then of course we have the the starter conversation, which man, the Nationals really ought to have a better bullpen because their starters sure are good. Yeah, I I you know I think you know thinking about the when you you know when you eliminate all the uh, all the possibilities, it really comes to, you know most of it just comes down to the to the manager. Um, yeah, or a lot of it comes down to the manager. I mean that's that's. They've, you know, they've, they've gotten good players and, and yet they, you know, they, they have not performed well at the times that, that you know, that, that have been critical to, to their, uh, uh, contention. And, and, you know, Davey Martinez just seems over, over his head and, uh, uh, nothing seems to be going right. And it doesn't help that, uh, uh, they didn't spend wisely on, on, on the bullpen either. Again, that's, you know, those, they were a team that for whom Kimbrell made a whole lot of sense, except for you know their competitive balance tax concerns, sure. and you know they 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 talked themselves out of it. And uh, beyond just the single year problem, I mean, it seems like we're talking we're now on like year four of Mike Rizzo's you know panicky bullpen on the fly situation, and they've traded away some good prospects, uh, uh, you know, to 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 try to alleviate that. And uh, uh, you know, that's just not a great way to run a ball club. No, we we liked that that Corbin signing, but it is it is un, not unusual at this point for them to have a, a bullpen that's sort of dramatically underperforming what we think a team with their resources should be capable of. Do you have a prediction for Kimbrel? You don't have to. It's a rude question. No, no, no. I think <laughs> I think I think the Cubs make perfect sense, um, and they seem more likely to go that extra dollar than than uh, than the twins who I know have indicated some interest and and certainly makes sense from a logical standpoint given that they uh very, appear to be very much for real you know I think the cubs are going to win any bidding war in that in that one what about our bearded friend Dallas Keuchel who you may know, not be bearded uh, yeah he may not be bearded i mean I, I you know hearing that the yankees are are you know are considered to be the front runners and i'm wondering like what does he look like under that beard cuz <laughs> cuz we've seen some guys who look quite strange when they yeah. when they're shorn here in here in uh, uh new york city and uh, uh i have to i have to wonder what the future holds for him um you know and i also i like i i, I I do have some concerns about both of these guys, given the layoffs. I mean, it's a small sample, yeah. but we've seen guys struggle, you know, with, whether they're signing late in the spring or in mid-season. And, you know, both both of them are guys whose performance had eroded from from their peaks. I mean, Keuchel was not as strong in 2018, as uh, obviously, as he was when he was winning the Cy Young a few years ago. And, uh, um, you know, his velocity is, 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 is already, you know, pretty borderline Kimbrel walking a lot of guys and, and, you know, more guys and, and uh, uh, showing himself to be, you know, a step down from, from, you know, the hall caliber reliever that we saw, um, you know, through the first uh, four full seasons of his career and whatever. Um, so I, you know, I think that there are reasonable concerns there, but I, I still think Keiko probably uh, Yankees and, and, and the Cardinals seem to be like the two, lo- two most logical fits. Yeah, that Cardinals rotation definitely needs the help. And the Yankees, you know, they've been so, well, they've managed to survive their injuries with a plum. even. They are back on top in the AL East. But, you know, the there are injury concerns in that rotation that make them seem like a, a good fit, even when they get guys back healthy, that having some depth there might be pretty useful to them. Yeah, looking at CeCe Sabathia and how he's grinding it out and, and, yeah. and just, uh, just it's sometimes a little tough to watch and you know I, I i feel for the guy i mean you know given given what uh, what that knee has been through and what the rest of that body has been through and and, and all that and you know you know this is his last go around and you know he's going to do whatever he can to stay on the field but uh um they're going to need to manage his innings i think uh, the rest of the way in order to have him available so yes depth is depth is a priority there and of course they have other guys who have either come back recently or still to come back from the IL. So, well, you know, we might see a very um, different looking rotation in the coming weeks than we currently have on that Yankees team. Just hasn't affected them yet. It's almost as if you, when you spend money on depth and then your guys get hurt, you're just in a better position. Just helps out. Yeah. Well, Look you at know, all I, that mean, depth. <laughs> I mean, it's remarkable that I don't think anybody could have predicted the kind of hit rate that, that Brian Cashman yeah. has had with, with, uh, uh, you know some of his some of his finds. I mean, the Luke Voigt thing from, deal from last year has obviously been you know carried over and has been has been great. But uh, um, who thought Giovanni Ursula would be even a league average hitter? You know, and yeah. I mean, 
or or that uh, Domingo Herman would be doing a a you know two months of a Luis Severino impression. I mean, right? You know, they've gotten just you know remarkable contributions from those guys, and and uh, you know the ups and downs of Clint Frazier with regards to the media notwithstanding, he has provided uh, you know some good punch while Stanton and and, and Judge have been out. So yeah. You know, it's. I mean, he's a different. He's a bit of a different, different class than those other guys because sure. I mean, we're talking about a former overall number five pick and, and yeah. you know, top twenty five prospect or whatever. But uh, you know, they, they they've cultivated that depth and 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 they've needed every bit of it. Yeah, I expected Urshela to be the guy I forgot was on this Yankees team, right? Like I expected him to be right. the dude that I got wrong on a Sporkle quiz five years <laughs> from now, uh, and. And I would have been very wrong. Um, Future Sporkle decoy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought he'd be a guy. Sort of like how – now, I do think that this one I will forget. Like, we're not going to remember that Kendrick Morales was on this team. That one will probably Pro- – Probably not because he figures he figures to be a guy who who's on the roster bubble when – Yeah. Uh, if, and, if and when guys get healthy. Yes. Uh, him and Cameron Maben, I think – uh, although maybe it has has proved his utility as a as a you know ins- defensive insurance yes. for, for Frazier's woes. Yeah, I think they've been quite pleased to have him you know roaming around out there, given some of Clint's struggles. But yeah, they've uh, they've managed to weather the ship just fine, and then perhaps they will acquire this uh, the services of this bearded wonder, and then make <laughs> him shave himself. I mean, I was I felt uncomfortable, and that's the word that I will use. Seeing James Paxton more closely shaven, and he didn't exactly have much in the way of facial hair, so I imagine it will be quite disorienting for for all of us when we when we see Keiko yeah. uh, in pinstripes with no beard. Should should that be the way that this ends up going? <laughs> I yes, don't know indeed. if I'll like it. Yeah, it's it's dis it's disorienting. I really do wish the Yankees would 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 drop, you know, would 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 loosen you know loosen up when it comes to that. I mean, you know, even like even thinking back, we haven't seen anybody with like a you know Thurman Munson or or uh, Goose Gossage like uh, uh, facial hair get away with it you know in a long time. We had the Giambi's mustache adventure for for yes. a few weeks or a few months uh, several years ago, but uh, just just not a lot to get excited about in that department. No, no, we've, we, you can tell how, um, how lean the times are, that that's something that we were, we were sort of agitated about for a minute. <laughs> well, Jay, you haven't, you haven't been on, uh, in a bit. And so I think, and it's also June now, which remains shocking in much the same way that mm-hmm. it's shocking that it's Wednesday. And so I'm curious kind of what, what storylines have really jumped out at you this uh, this season so far in terms of stuff that you're particularly keen to follow going into the second half or that have sort of marked the season in a way you didn't anticipate? What's yeah, been, see, what's I mean, been grabbing you? Some of them, I mean, you know, we just talked about the Yankees' uh, success despite their injuries. I mean, Gary Sanchez's reemergence, another topic that I've that I've uh, talked about, have written about lately, is one of them. And, and uh, likewise, the Dodgers and 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 all that. Uh, Cody Bellinger's season is just you know blowing my mind. How how much impact he's having on both sides of the ball, and how well you know moving him off of first base and into the outfield full time has 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 paid off. I mean, his athleticism is just you know dazzling. Um, throwing out guys from right field at first base and 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 stuff like that. Christian Yelich, you know, is is amazing to me as well. I mean, you know that that two month hot streak was for real because he's carried it over. Been following the you know the old pitchers doing well. Verlander, Granke, Scherzer, Kershaw, who I guess qualifies as old now because we're you know constantly worried about about his health. Yeah, um, we are. Uh, you know, Sabathia, that, you know, writing about his 3,000 strikeout was, you know, was, was fun. That was a very cool thing to see. Yeah. I can't bring myself to write about Felix Hernandez, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, for reasons that, that I don't think we need to go into too, 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 too deeply here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, just having, that's been, that's been something that I, that I, 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 I wrote about all of those guys last year. Uh, in the context of the Hall of Fame, and so just that's a beat that I'm obviously you know continuing to follow, and uh, you know I get I get asked uh, from outside sources you know what in fact somebody was just asking me you know what do I think about Granke's uh, you know because he just passed 2,500 strikeouts and and whatever. Let's see what else you know. One thing that I haven't I haven't written about, but I've certainly read about from you know especially from uh, uh, people like uh, our former colleague uh, Travis Sochik is just the the impact on how teams are building their rosters given the 
decreasing number of balls in play mm-hmm. uh, and the impact of, of you know, analytics on positioning, the way that, uh, uh, say, the um, uh, the Red Sox are getting away with Michael Chavis at second base or the Brewers with Mike Moustakas. Um, and we've seen teams, you know, pressing, you know, guys up the defensive spectrum, you know, not just at second base, but also center field like Scott Kingery in Philadelphia. You know, we saw the 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 brief D Gordon experiment in, in Seattle, which didn't go as well and which obviously uh, ended, uh, you know, differently because of the Robinson Cano situation. But, sure. you know, this is this it's something, you know, when you look at the trends of fewer balls in play and, and more shifting and, and uh, you know, kind of I think Travis called it like post position baseball last year. And it's just that's a, a theme that, you know, it's kind of been in the back of my mind. And at some point I want to look at it in my own in my own way rather than just making an, an offhand reference to it here and there. But I think that's been interesting. Obviously, you know, we're dealing with these record levels of home runs and strikeouts and this continued conversation of, you know, do we need, does baseball need an intervention, you know, because of the lack of action? And if so, what is it? And, you know, that continued conversation, which is often a frustrating one and, and, and often, you know, brings, brings up, you know, takes us into a stupid generational war, um, you know, with regards to, you know, players disrespecting the game and that kind of BS. Did the home runs, so like we all like bat flips, we're, we're good with those, but do, does the home run driven offense, does it bother you? How do, how do you, how do you feel I, about it just in terms I mean, of like the aesthetics of baseball? I, I'm, I'm entertained by it at the same time. I wish there were more, you know, I wish there were more rallies. I wish, you know, that we had more base running more than anything else. Sure. Um, I wish we had, you know, more, I would, you know, the base running was, was a bigger deal and that we saw, you know, more of that. I, I, I grew up in this, you know, watching baseball, you know, in the eighties and, and, and nineties and, and uh, even the seventies. And there was a lot more base running then. And I, I miss that. Yeah. But, you know, I also appreciate that, you know, the, the, the forces that have taken us to this point, you know, the, the incentivization of home runs, you know, from a, from a payday standpoint for, for players, you know, the, and the understanding of, of, of their value from a sabermetric standpoint, you know, it's it's something I struggle with because because on the one hand, who doesn't like to see a home run? On the other hand, yes, you know, it's like eating too much chocolate cake, and sure. sooner, sooner or later, you you know you you just want something uh, that tastes a bit different, and uh, you know, just just for the sake of variety, if nothing else. Um, so I do I I do worry about the aesthetics of it. I just you know, but I also think that that. You know, we're we're really struggling with the remedy. You know, with with figuring out the remedies of 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 how to, how to fix this game if it indeed it needs fixing. And some of the you know some of the red herring solutions that keep getting introduced, like uh, uh, shifts. You know, banning the shift or whatever. Right. Um, you know, just seem to me just you know or just as as kind of misguided. Um, you know, we talk about the you know the the way that baseball is failing to grab people, and you know you can't. I, I did a radio spot yesterday, and and. You know, somebody wanted to talk about all these things that are, you know, you know, why is baseball so unpopular right now? Well, it's like, you know, you look at, you know, when one third or one quarter of the league has has announced its intention not to contend for two, for two or three years. Um, you know, that's where that's where most of the attendance drops are, are, are really being experienced. That's right. what's going on, you know, and, and to a lesser extent. Yes. You know, you the lack of action is, is, is a problem. But I think first and foremost, it's that, you know, teams are saying we're not going to compete this year or next year. And that's a real turnoff. Well, it can, I mean, and there's, there are teams that are, you know, that aren't actively competing, but are still kind of exciting or not. And that's fine. I mean, you know, you look at where the White Sox are, for example, and and it's, you know, it's fits and starts, but uh, yeah, you you know, you're, you're within a couple games of 500. You're, you know, you've got guys that are starting to come around and, and, and you're playing some exciting baseball and there's a pretty good chance you know your fan base is going to be engaged over the course of the whole season right you know if you if you don't do a you know complete white flag trade uh, series and i think that they're probably not at that point anymore because they've already dealt uh most of the guys that they're going to deal so right but then you do have teams where like i've been to i mean i'm going to defy this trend tomorrow cuz uh, i have a friend in town who's coming for a wedding we're gonna go do a wedding uh mariners game because she's here but it'll be my second it'll be my second game of the year that's it Uh, right it's like because why would i 
Why would well, I go? I mean, because you've got a beautiful ballpark, you know. Yes, and, and there's, it is. There's that, and 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 other teams have to visit. You know, there's. It's always. Right. It's not just. You know, it's not just about the quality of the Mariners. It's also about. You know, when Mike Trout comes to town, or you know, or 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 whomever, you get to go see. You know, the best players in the world, even if they're not wearing the you know the the Mariners uh, uniforms. I think you have to remind yourself that there's that. I mean, you know. Yes. I have two ballparks that I can get to. Not not necessarily as easy as I would hope. But we get every team in the league coming through here, and you know, and and uh, I got to make sure that I do make a make a better effort to get to the ballpark. You know, not just as a fan, but also you know from a from a coverage standpoint. And that's sure. something that I I you know still even with my BBWA card, I I still am underperforming <laughs> at, at, for my own purposes. <laughs> well, and the um, last time you went, you got some great Noah Syndergaard quotes. So yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I I picked a, I picked a good day to go, and I need to yeah. do, I need to do more of that. But you know, getting back to the get just just to get back to the, to the 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 potential fixes for the game, I'm still struck by the obviousness of the solution of the of of tweaking the strike zone. It's, yeah, it, it costs absolutely nothing. Literally right. n- zero dollar solution. Uh, it is a time honored remedy for for altering the balance between pitching and hitting. And I, I I still think that that is you know is something that that should have been done for this year, just as a, a as a test uh, to see you know how much how much of the problems you know or, or if any uh, could be fixed by that. And you know it's still. I think an, a very easy card to play compared to, you know, shifts and pitch clocks and other things that are going to, you know, cheese off the union much more. Well, and we do run the risk, you know, as we, um, you know, people try to think about ways that they might reduce the the prevalence of home runs. I think, you know, we do run the risk of the offensive environment just collapsing, given how much of our current uh, run scoring environment is predicated on the long yeah. ball. So it does seem like, you know, we need to step kind of carefully because otherwise, I mean, I don't know, I like pitcher duels and I like strikeouts sure. and I enjoy watching that stuff. But it does seem like we could very quickly find ourselves in a timeline of baseball where uh, we are we are seeing very few runs scored per game with a lot of pitching changes, which yeah, just I, seems like the worst possible combination of right. things. Right? Yeah, out I, of this, I, so. I was there was a, there was a there was a, a piece recently uh, at, at SI dot com, my former employer, by Tom Verducci, where he was comparing everything to what was happening five years ago. Well. Baseball in 2014 was pretty grim. Yeah. You, know, you had like low home run rates and, and, yeah. and, you know, all these trends, you know, that, that we've, that we've seen continue were, you know, we're already continuing and, and, you know, aside from the home runs and, and that wasn't really any, any, any better aesthetically than, than what we've got now. So, you know, it's not like pointing to that as the glory days is, is a sensible response. Yeah, it is. It is useful to remember that. Uh, so in in 2014, Nelson Cruz led baseball with 40 home runs, and right. it is June. Uh, it is June 5th. It is Wednesday. We're just going to keep repeating that so that I know <laughs> what way is up. And Cody Bellinger has already hit 22 home runs. So you know we're yeah. we're in a slightly different moment now. And going back, I think would be something that people would find quite jarring. Yeah. And it's you know I haven't I've seen you know I could do the math in my head at least to a to some extent but I, I'm I haven't really begun to take seriously the fact that there are actual home run record pursuits here that 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 could be yeah um, could become interesting obviously from a from an historical standpoint if not necessarily an aesthetic standpoint the way things are going here so at some point there will have you know I too will have to reckon with that but I've I've seen other people talking about it already and yeah you know the talk about you know how you know the Yankees set a, set a team home run record last year, and already the Twins are on pace to just obliterate that. Yeah, um, and several other teams are are on pace to set their own franchise records, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, it's it's moving quickly. Eddie Rosario has eighteen home runs. Man, wow. I wonder what I wonder how many years in a row. Say that Eddie Rosario gets to th- I don't know thirty thirty five this year seems reasonable. I wonder how many years in a row he would have to do that before my brain would say Eddie Rosario power hitter. I think it would be a couple. I think it would be maybe more than a couple. He might need to do it like for four years before I was like, yeah, that that Eddie Rosario, he's a power hitter. I guess he did have twenty seven home runs in twenty seventeen. Well, shame on me. 
Yeah, I mean, he, you know, those twins, those twins just, they vacillate between fascinating and unwatchable, you know, over the past few years. And, and, uh, um, so I, I can't blame you, you know, given, given that there's, you know, it's one's attention span can only expand so far. Well, I uh, suppose to accommodate 20, so much. And, and yeah. Andy Rosario, you know, might be borderline in, the, in that regard for some of us. Yeah, I suppose 2017 was also a year with a, a pretty lively ball. So that might account for some of that spike. Although, you know, 18 already. Goodness. Slugging. Hmm. 548. Good for you, Eddie. That tw- wind steam is fun. That would be one of my my uh, things. I watched on purpose a Twins Rays game, and wow. I was excited. I was like, "Yeah, this is the best game today." Is this Twins Rays game headlined by Martin Perez? Twenty nineteen is a wild. A yeah, wow, Martin Perez. Well, hey, you know, I mean, we, he was he was a guy who was on top one hundred list for five years. It, yeah. I guess I guess it's I guess it's time he started being interesting um, at oh the major God. league level. Jay um, Bruce just hit another home run. Good grief! Wow! Right. I'd love well, to give these well, little timestamps so people know exactly what's going on yeah, in well baseball. Yeah, okay. Four so I just pulled, I just pulled up the pulled up the home run rankings here, and I'm like Franmil Reyes, nineteen yeah. home runs. Yeah, um, it's probably time I know, for us. I know to we talked about, about talked about his big boy power, but uh, yeah. um, that's still fascinating. And Jock Peterson being. Uh, Tied for fifth in the majors in home runs with our our, our fair uh, friend Eddie Rosario here, um, and unfortunately Joey Gallo's not hitting home runs because he's hurt. Yeah. And let's see who else who else sta- stands out here. Oh, Dan Vogelbach with fifteen there, uh, uh, tied for a, a spot in the top twenty. Um, yes. With Dan. Luke Voigt. That's the large adult sun ranking there. <laughs> yeah, although I, I have to say um, their body composition, while they are both large, is a little bit different. Oh, yes. And watching, uh, seeing them stand next to one another during the Mariners uh, series in in Yankee Stadium was delightful to me. Because <laughs> there are so many different uh, different ways for our, our beautiful large adult suns to, to be beautiful. All shapes and sizes. All shapes yeah. and sizes. All large. I, I, um, I, I briefly interviewed uh, Voight last year after the Yankees uh, uh, won the uh, the wild card game, and I got just thoroughly doused with champagne. Um, <laughs> but standing next to him, he is a mountain of a man. I think he's listed at six three two twenty five, and I think that's underselling it by at least a foot and eighty pounds. <laughs> yeah, that seems that seems about right. That's a that's a big dude. That's a big dude for sure. I am just doing. I love I love so much about Jay Bruce's batting line this year because it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Uh, it was one of those lines that I remember highlighting in that like first couple of weeks, like just the, when there were just crazy numbers, like, you know, his rate of home runs per fly ball or his late, you know, batting average on balls in play. And just like, it's still, it, it's still just, he is, he is extreme baseball 2019. Yeah, he, it is, uh, it, it is June and he has 41 hits on the season 13 of those are doubles and 17 of them are home runs. Yeah, his his he's slugging 603 uh with a with a uh with a 301 on base percentage and a 236 average and a 226 babbitt. Just loving just loving singles. I love it. Yeah. Jay Bruce. Good yeah, well, for you. Just man. A, look, a single every other week whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> man, what a funny bit of business. Are there any are there any storylines that you expected to be really excited about that has sort of petered? Are there things you were looking forward to? Well, let's into see. The, I think the the four team race in the NL East is yeah. one of them. Um, that's so far been a dud thanks to the Mets and the Nationals uh, uh, not showing up. You know the the I, I guess Bryce Harper and Manny Machado have been kind of underwhelming. I mean, not like panic mode underwhelming, but Manny I, like Manny is another guy on my list. Like, what's going on there? Yeah. In terms of his 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 offense, and the one thing that I've seen so far that I need to go back to is that. The guy usually just murders first pitches, and mm. he has not this year. When he's when he's when he's put a first pitch in, you know, contact on a first pitch, it just hasn't gone anywhere, or it's rarely been a good result. And and he's just not doing it as often. And uh, there's, I, I'm not sure what else is going on there because I haven't looked closely. But uh, um, you know, the Padres are, are are an interesting team, but he has not been he has not picked up where he left off from last year. And I wonder how much of that is is. Uh, is pressing or something like that, or if there's something else going on there. What else? Rookie wise, so far, you know, Peter Alonso's been all that all that we could have asked for. Yeah, uh, Vlad Junior's coming around. Uh, obviously, we've been without uh, Tatis for a lot, for a while, and uh, Eloy Jimenez has been something of a dud so far. 
let's see. I, I guess I've wanted to see more more about the uh, the, the two way player experiments because uh, I wrote about that in the spring. Uh, uh, we did see Jared Walsh finally make his uh, uh, pitching debut, which was which was cool. The uh, the Angels uh, uh, outfielder, first baseman, uh, also getting to pitch a couple times. But we haven't seen a whole lot with the Michael Lawrence experiment and no. him, him playing the outfield and. I mean, it's funny because I've already written about the Reds a few times this year, probably more than I did already, you know, in the entirety of last year. And and uh, um, but he hasn't really got uh, a whole lot of uh, success. I guess he's hitting one twenty five in, in in all of uh, nine plate appearances. So yeah, that's 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 not a, that's not a big experiment, <laughs> guys. <laughs> come on, I need to talk to David Bell about about, about getting this guy some at bats. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, this I, I, it's good because I actually did a a, a ten storylines thing uh, for this for opening day that that uh, has helped me helped jog my memory here for what I was supposed to be watching and uh, those are the ones that stand out as as does particularly I think the biggest biggest disappointment has been the has been the NL East race and 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 especially uh, the Nationals because I've predicted the Nationals to win about eight World Series in the last four years and it just never works. Yeah, it does <laughs> it does have a very, you know, Lucy with the football kind of vibe to it most of the time. Cause I think that we all, you know, I get nervous about having to make predictions. It's one of my least favorite parts of our job. Um I get why people like it. I get why we have to do it. I don't like it though. And every year I think, well, you know, the Nationals should be good. You look at it you think about it real hard and there are places where you want to like kind of, you know, you want to zag where other people zig because it's boring for everyone to have the exact same predictions and I'm never quite able to talk myself out of, well, I should just I should just pick them to win some stuff because it seems likely that they will and then they often don't and it's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 true. Frustrating team. They but are. you know, you can't you it's I mean, who's going to pick the Mets? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess I guess the Braves would have been the smart pick in the, in the, in that, but they they had such an underwhelming winter um, that it was it was tougher to I guess it was tougher for me to pull the lever on that one. Yeah, I think I had the Phillies as a a wild card team, if I recall. I don't think that I had them winning that division. I think I picked the Nationals, although I don't I don't remember. I won't say anything about it until we do our end <laughs> of the year. Here's how we were on post. Ah, uh, yes. You know, it's good for us to be accountable to the picks that we all made in the five minutes before we, you know, were supposed to. You know, yeah. before well, I'm reminded to... going back going back to um to Corey Seager for a second. I picked him to win the uh, NL MVP award last year. Oh. Obviously, he played 26 games, so that was probably not my best pick of this. <laughs> of, yeah, but who year. could have anticipated that injury being so bad sure. and him missing so much time? I don't think that you need to beat yourself up on that one, Jay. I think no, you can let not. that one go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just just a reminder, though, of just how, how you know, I, I think there were four four of us out of like 40 that picked him for MVP and, and just, you know, there was just, I think just more as a measure of how high hopes were yeah. uh, going into last year and, and and really, you know, that he's kind of trying, you know, trying to recover that lost, you know, that lost ground. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that's right. We had reason to be optimistic. Uh, it's nice to see him kind of turning things around. Jay, is there anything like that we can make this our last question? Because I know that you have uh, obligations in your own home in mm. the next little bit here. But I, I'm curious if there is anything. Uh, we are not obviously to the All Star break yet, although it will be here sooner than we anticipate. I guess we're just like a month out from it, really. And I'm wondering if there's anything going into the second half that you're particularly keen to keep an eye on. Uh, and the answer can be no. Hmm. <laughs> I'd have to think about that one. I mean, I'm, I, I, you know, I guess uh, uh, I'm just hopeful that we have good races. I mean, it's just yeah. it's been so frustrating, you know, to see the AL field winnow down, winnow itself down so quickly. Yeah. Uh, to basically like you know six or seven teams fighting for five spots. I just I just hope we get some some intrigue there. I guess particularly in the form of a, th- a three team AL East race would probably be the, the the route by which that happens. And then you know a a uh, uh, a good uh, competitive three-team race in the NL Central from among the uh, five teams that are within five and a half games of each other would also be good too. Yeah, you know that that and uh, I, you know, I'm still hoping for good things for CC Sabathia because he's he, you know, he got the strikeouts. He hasn't got the 250th win yet. I think that'll be a cool moment, even though you know I don't really care that much about pitcher wins. I just want good things for him. 
strikes me as the kind of thing that he might care a lot about, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, the players care about it. And, and yeah. if the players care about it, I think that's, you know, that, that, that that's worth noting, too. I'm trying to think what else here. Um, we've got just about all the rookies we're going to get uh, of, 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 of any major note so far. Yeah, I just, you know, I guess we're probably going to get, like I said, you know, some potential home run record pursuits if at, at the way things are going. And I hope the, I hope those are interesting, uh, you know, and, and uh, somebody reached out to me uh, for a project related to the 1998 home run race. And, and, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to talk about that. You know, yeah. like, I mean, despite all we know about McGuire and Sosa, I mean, that was a very fun time to be a baseball fan. And I, you yeah. know, and, and I, I continue, I will stand up for that, uh, for that era and, and for, you know, the way that uh, those guys, uh, you know, filled a vacuum, you know, at a time when baseball needed them. And, and yeah. you know, they continued to get, uh, you know, pissed upon uh, by <laughs> you know, in, in some quarters for, you know, for the measures that they took to get there. But, uh, um, they, that was a lot of fun at the time. So anyway, I mean, I think, you know, home run race could be a lot of fun seeing, you know, just what kind of insane numbers Bellinger and, and Yelich put up yeah. uh, and trout too. Um, yeah. you know, and, and all of that. And, uh, also whether, you know, whether, uh, you know, whether, whether we see any, anybody come out of the pack, uh, I still think, you know, for as much talent as they have, the Indians could still put together a run, um, which would yeah. be pretty interesting. Uh, although I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about this ominous news about Carlos Carrasco and I a know, blood it's issue. Quite, quite um, concerning. That, that, that's that's a, that, that's the way that that press release was worded is yeah. is, is, is not good news at all. Yeah, um, I hope we're being. I hope that we're being uh, overly alarmist because uh, yeah. it did not. It did not sound particularly good. So I hope that he ends up being being okay and getting some more uh, concrete answers about what's going on with him. That has to be very scary. Right. Mm. Right. So anyway, you know, it's I, like, you know, it's, it's my job to be critical about baseball. It's also my job to, to find uh, ways to enjoy whatever this, you know, product evolves. And, and I'm sure that, that however it unfolds, uh, uh, we will manage to find ways to do that. Well, that's a very lovely thought to end on, so I think we hmm. shall. Jay, thanks for coming back on the show. We will be sure to not have it be so long between visits <laughs> going forward, but I appreciate you taking the time. Always a pleasure. 